It's news to us the week of May 1st, 2023. Hey, it's Eddie here. There's Jason as always. And yo. Uh, there you go. Here we go. So much to get to. We took a couple weeks off and uh, you know, we can't do that. Jason bad on us because the news doesn't take any time off. Mm, that's that's right. for sure. So uh, we're going to get to a lot of stuff. I think this is really interesting. The pioneering researcher of AI, he's called the grandfather of artificial intelligence. And uh, I guess he quit his role at Google. That way he could speak openly and freely about the dangers of artificial intelligence. Mm. It's all coming to kill us. That's <laughs> what he's trying to say. And uh, then the latest with Disney versus DeSantis. There's a lawsuit going on and uh, that's just a mess over there. And then we'll be uh, joined by our guest, Todd Morris, the bassist of the offspring. He also has some solo work. He's going to debut a song on Adobe. Oh, it sounds awesome. Pretty awesome. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, start it. It's news to us. And welcome to the United States of America. Global woman, radioactive sites, imperialistic wrongs, and animal rights news. Adobe Radio. It's news to us. Follow us on Twitter. It's news to us. It's news to us on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're everywhere. 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 Anything happening in your world before we jump in? There's a lot to get to. Mm. We should check in with you, Jason. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you, man? Yeah, yeah good. So you have more real- to check in than me. You, you've been gone for a few weeks. You had a good trip. It was a good trip, but I have a, just a, a, I'll try to make this quick because we don't have much time. But something really stupid happened to me. I was oh. I stopped at the uh, auto parts store to get a little bit of oil because my oil was running low in, in the car. The oil light came on. My car is dumb; it does that sometimes. I have to add about a quarter of a quart every a few hundred miles. It's pretty annoying. Anyways, mm. so I stopped in. I I got some oil and. Uh, it was it was dark out, and as I was screwing the oil cap back on, uh, it fell into the the car, <laughs> into the bottom oh, of the no. car, and it fell <laughs> into a spot where I couldn't even see it. Hmm. Somehow, it got into this weird nook and cranny, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" So I uh, I went inside, and I asked them if they could help me. They they gave me a couple tools to try to fish it out, and they were like really nice because they were slow, and. Yeah. Uh, couldn't couldn't find the damn thing. So just floating around in there still? Still floating around in there. And I was like, well, uh, do you guys I guess I'll just buy one. You guys must sell these here. And he's like, uh uh Yeah, but we don't have that one in stock. Ooh. <laughs> so what would you do in this case? You can't drive without an oil cap on. I'm not a car guy, but I'm pretty sure it's not a good idea. Um, I don't know, shove shove a t shirt in there. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that, but yeah, the guy like he had the same advice. He's like, I'm going to get you a rag. Just want you to jam it in there. And I I was terrified driving. And then, (laughs) then he's like, I'm going to send you to a store 15 minutes away with a rag in there and they have it in stock. But it it was a terrifying drive. I don't know. I just like freaked out. I'm not a car guy. I was like, is this okay to be driving around with a, a rag, a dirty rag in your oil cap? What? When did this happen? Last night. Oh, whoops. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
You, but I think you, it's fine. You You're knew fine. that. Put a rag in there. I mean, yeah. Okay. If I didn't know that, my phone would have. True, but I mean, I was like pretty stressed out, and it was also uh, sure. close to them closing. So I was like, if I don't yeah. get an oil cap, plus I was far from home. That's also part of the story. Oh, I, should, yeah. I should have mentioned. But uh, anyways, so that was that was stupid. Yeah. That. Yeah. So are yeah. you hoping that the the former oil cap just like falls out as you drive? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's lodged into a little nook and cranny. It's probably not going to come out, but I'm probably going to sell that car with the oil cap lodged somewhere inside. And the new owners will have no idea that there's a, a or oil. you can list it At, and say is that extra a oil point? cap included. <laughs> you have to find it. Right. I'm going to charge an extra $500 because there's a, yeah. a, a spare oil cap. Okay. Let's get yeah. into the uh, news roundup. A couple of interesting stories to get to. And then we're going to bring in Todd Morris of the offspring. He's going to debut a song and we're going to have so much fun. Fun. I say. It's news to us. News Roundup. The News Roundup. Okay, artificial intelligence is changing the world, and it's kind of scary, Jason. I mean, I'm a little afraid that this could be the end of civilization, and I'm not even kidding. I think we opened up Pandora's box, and there's no shutting it now. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, as artificial intelligence evolves, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it can be pretty dangerous. It's already showing some danger and yeah. causing some issues in our society, Eddie. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's disrupting things. We're going to see a lot of people out of work. Of course, there's chat GPT. That's already the, the very first institution to be affected by that is the, the universities because... You know that this Chat GPT. Did you know that it it uh, passed the bar exam? Yes, it also yeah. has diagnosed uh, some medical conditions quicker than uh, human doctors. Yeah, so I I've also fired my therapist because I can get some good advice. Actually, they say not to do that with it because I guess <laughs> Don't do that. Some of the advice it gives you not that great. Not good. But we're not that far away from having AI therapists, though. Like, that's the point is like this is moving really, really, really fast. And uh, in, in the uh, one of the grandfathers of AI, Jeffrey Hinton, this guy actually quit Google. So that way he can come out and warn us that the robots are going to come kill us. Yeah, I mean, Hinton, Hinton's work yeah. was pioneering the neural networks that help lay the foundation for the AI technology that we're seeing now, um, right. including chat GPT neural network. I, you know, that's that, crazy. That was something I, I remember hearing that term in the movie Terminator and Terminator two. And, and, you know, talking about growing up as a kid, when you watch those movies, I'm like hey, neural network, what does that mean? That's never going to happen. And then they talk about Skynet and uh, how the, the machines, are going to take over society. And then it becomes a war between the man and the machines. This guy is saying, yes, that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it will happen. Yeah. He said in an interview uh, with BBC, he did say that um, currently artificial intelligence isn't necessarily smarter than humans currently, um, currently, but doesn't mean that it will always be this at the same level. He, he fears that they will, um, uh, supersede us in intelligence 
it's a, it's a matter of when at this point, and yeah. this technology is moving at an exponential rate. So I, I, I honestly am terrified. I mean, look at how fast AI showed up on the scene and everyone is adopting it and using it. A lot of companies are using it for HR purposes to hire and fire people. Uh, you can use it to write articles. Uh, writers are out of work because of it. You can even use it to write an entire screenplay for a movie. And that's just talking about the text applications. There's also other things you can do with AI, like create images. You can use it for editing a movie. For example, if you gave it a whole bunch of raw footage, uh, they're saying pretty soon you could uh, feed AI all the raw footage Quentin Tarantino shot in his new movie. Then it would edit together in his style for him and then have a finished product. Like it's crazy that the applications. Yeah. And I mean, there's also like some sinister things that can happen, right? Oh yeah. Fakes um, influencing elections, which uh, some have already claiming that it's already happened. Um, mm. Spreading disinformation really? around the world. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. sinister things, Eddie, and we won't know it's, it's going to be so good that you won't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. That's, I mean, we think we're now in an era of misinformation and no way it's only going to get worse. And that's the last thing we need. And I don't know how you combat this. Well, a lot of, uh, uh, folks that have, uh, pioneered and, uh, worked on establishing AI and did research. They've yeah. caused for a six month pause to try to, um, put up roadblocks or barriers for, um, artificial intelligence. And some people are saying that that's not enough at this point. It's already, Cat's out of the bag. It's prowling the streets right now. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, whoever controls this artificial intelligence, they're going to get greedy. I mean, it already is in the hands of mega corporations and billionaires. And Uh we know that they only behave in their own best interest constantly. So I don't, I don't, uh, this looks bleak to me. Like, I don't know where this goes as far as being positive. I, I, I mean, there are cool things you can do with it. But overall, for humanity, we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. I really do feel like that. This is, I, I don't want to be a doom and gloomer, but I, 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 I don't see a way out of this. Do you? I, I'm, I, I, there's no way out of it. I don't think you can put it back. I don't think you can regulate this. I think it's, I mean, yeah, we're off the rails now, Eddie. I mean, ChatGBT is backed by Microsoft, right? So... They're in it. Elon Musk is investing in it. And he's one of the people saying that this is terrible for humanity. Yet he's still investing money into it. (laughs) Of course he is. Yeah. That guy's a dick. This is going to ruin humanity, but I'm going to invest. So I want more money. Yeah. And when I go to Mars, artificial intelligence can't come. That's what he's going to say. Yeah. Good move. I know. I mean, the AI will see human beings as inconsequential and as a virus and it will eliminate us. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's talk about something a little more, uh, positive Disney (laughs) Disney. Oh wait, Disney is, uh, being uh, messed around with by Ron DeSantis. What's going on with this? So Again, this has been a long story with Disney and Ron DeSantis. We've covered the entire thing. It all started with this don't gay, don't say gay bill that Florida passed, and then Disney saying that they opposed it, and then 
uh, Ron DeSantis started to go after Disney in politically motivated attacks using the state against uh, the corporation Disney and against their freedom of speech in a fascist manner. And uh, they've been going back and forth. Then DeSantis dismantled the... What 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 was what was Disney under? What do you, what do you call that? They had their own sovereignty. <laughs> Go, yeah, governing board. Basically, yeah. they were self governing, right? So if they wanted to build or expand on their property, they could do so without um, going to you know local surveyors or you know whatever the local government. Like they were their own entity, basically their own little county, if you will, right within Florida. Now, now and, screwing with uh, messing with the mouse is probably not the best idea if you're the governor of Florida because it brings in a lot of money. We're talking about jobs, revenue, tourism, billions for the state. But uh, Ron DeSantis is making this a woke sort of uh, battle. Whatever woke means, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's uh, fighting Disney. I mean the optics are kind of ridiculous like what grown man fights disney right and disney is fighting back um good yeah so and it's pissing off DeSantis. like he makes a move it's like a chess match between DeSantis and disney and this guy this guy is so outmatched ron DeSantis because disney have they have the best lawyers in literally the, best. the entire country they can afford it and they have teams of these lawyers teams they just fuck with ron DeSantis. That's their only job right now to do it strategically and to make sure that this guy regrets every decision that he's made regarding Disney. Cause it's all been, uh, at one point, Ron DeSantis said he wanted to regulate all of the content in their movies. Like, dude, get, what the fuck is wrong with you? Anyways, <laughs> what's going on now? Yeah, so, <laughs> so last week, um, Last Wednesday, Disney sued Florida Governor Ron DeSantis um, over alleged, or they alleged that the governor waged a targeted campaign of government retaliation. Right after after the they opposed the bill, don't say gay. Mm -hmm. the The lawsuit was filed in Tallahassee, um, and also was um, they're suing not only Ron DeSantis but the five member board. Um, that DeSantis put in place to try to govern and quiet the mouse. Quiet. I mean, Disney. Quiet the mouse. <laughs> yeah, this is like really bad for DeSantis, by the way, because for a while there, he was the GOP front runner and almost, you know, everybody was saying it's going to be De DeSantis over Trump. But now, since he can't even win against the mouse, a mouse is kicking Ron DeSantis's ass and he's dropping in the polls. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So a statement from uh, the Disney rep said, quote, Disney regrets that it has come to this, but having exhausted efforts to seek a resolution, the company's left with no choice but to file this lawsuit to protect its cast members, guests, and local development partners from a relentless campaign to weaponize government power against Disney in retaliation for expressing a political viewpoint unpopular with certain state officials. Right. Right. Yeah. So in response to that, uh, yesterday, DeSantis's board uh, countersued Disney. Oh. The, the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District sued Disney in state court in Orlando. 
and the board members um, voted to defend itself in the lawsuit Disney um, put out last week or filed last week, I should say. So now you have Disney suing DeSantis and the governing board and then the governing board suing Disney. <laughs> what a and mess. And now we're in court. And now what we're in a court. mess. Yeah, the whole thing is a mess. And again, this doesn't look good for DeSantis because uh, people are, are, are wondering why he's picking this battle. It's a really dumb thing to be doing. And it all goes back to this. Don't say gay bill. And again, Disney brings in a lot of revenue for Florida. He needs to just leave it alone. That's one of their biggest revenue makers, but uh, he's going after them and uh, it's not, not going great. And by the way, uh, Disney CEO even said publicly before this lawsuit, Hey, Ron DeSantis, let's have, just a, a meeting man to man and try to talk this thing out. And Ron DeSantis was too cowardly to do that because he's a snowflake, mm. Mm. the snowflake. You know, let me ask you this question. Do you yeah. think it was appropriate or do you think, do you, yeah. Do you support the fact that Disney was self-governing itself? Essentially. Do I think that Before that was all this appropriate? Happened. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was a little like, I think there were some points to that, that Disney gets all, all these special privileges. I, I, I don't know too much. I don't know the full story. I don't know if Disney was paying all their taxes or whatever, but uh, they did bring in a lot of revenue for Florida. And I can see why they would give them kind of car blanche to do whatever the hell they wanted. Because think of all the, the tourism dollars that, the, that alone, I mean, Built, we're talking billions of dollars hmm. uh, every year. So if year. a company brings in enough money, they should be able to do whatever they want. As long as it's being properly taxed, they should... Uh, you know, I, th- I, don't, I don't think it's unfair. If, if a company is bringing in billions of dollars, they should be able to get uh, a certain treatment that is above hmm. a company that brings in... The, not as much money. Isn't that how capitalism works? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, Am I off I'm base there? I'm just curious. What do you think? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it is a good question, right? I I don't know. I don't know if I support it. Yeah, I mean that's a tough. I mean, like, I, don't get me wrong. Before this, I I have nothing but this. I, in this in this instance, I'm on Team Disney, but I have nothing but disdain yeah. for that company in a lot of ways in the way that they've monopolized. But then again, they're only monopolizing because the government is allowing them to. Right. So yeah, I mean, the big thing with you know, there's two different things, right? Like what I brought up, like. That seems kind of, to me, you know, not appropriate. But also right. what DeSantis did in weaponizing his political power and attacking an, a company for opposing his views, that's also wrong. So there's two different things. So right. I don't want to conflate the two, but um, and that, yeah. Not only wrong, uh, political retaliation is illegal. You can't do that. Bad. Well. We'll see. Let's ask uh, AI if we can do that. Sure. AI overlords. Is that okay? <laughs> well, uh, just a couple minutes before we bring on our guest here. Do you want, should we get to this last one? It looks like a quick one. What's going on with, uh, with this, Jason? Yeah. So um, the feds and the first of its kind of investigation found that two hospitals, one in Missouri, and one in Kansas, broke federal law and denying an emergency abortion for a woman last summer. The two, hos- two hospitals were the Freeman Health System in Joplin, Missouri, and the University of Kansas Health System in Kansas City, Kansas. 
Um, both refused to provide an abortion to a Missouri woman whose water broke early at just 17 weeks of pregnancy. Doctors at both hospitals said that um, the embryonic fluid had um, was no longer there and that she was at risk for serious infection and or losing her uterus, but they were not able to terminate the pregnancy because they still uh, could detect a fetal heartbeat, even though at 17 weeks, the child or the baby, the fetus was, would not be, would not be able to survive. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, uh, I'm just going to say wow to that one for now. And then yeah, so, uh, I don't know what else to say. Our our guest is standing by. We know that much. Right. We're going to hit a quick, quick break here. We'll bring him in and uh, we'll talk about uh, his new music. His name is Todd Morris. And you know him from a lot of really awesome projects. In fact, it's some, uh, some big bands that we play on uh, IW radio, like H2O. Remember H2O, Jason? I do remember H2O. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's been touring with the offspring for a long time. Now he is uh, part of the band uh, lineup officially, and uh, he has his own solo work too. So we'll bring him in in just a second. We'll be right back here on its news to us. Do not move. It's news to us. IW Radio. Um, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we've got you. Meet uh, Todd Morris. He is, of course, a punk rock veteran. He's been making waves with his latest EP, Time Stopper. And, uh, I mean, his career spans three decades. He's helped define some of punk rock's premier acts like H2O. He is also the current bassist for The Offspring. His uh, new solo single, Suit of Armor is premiering right here on Adobe Radio. Hey, we're so uh, honored to have you here. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, man. Thank you. You know, every time I hear 30 years, I'm like, oh, man. I, you know, it really been 30 years because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just getting started, you know? Oh, man. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing that you still have that feeling inside of you where you feel like you're just getting started because that means you still have the fire, you know? And uh, you never want to lose that, I don't think. No, no, no. I mean, a lot of people get to where I'm at and they're just over it. I mean, they're over the road and they're over touring and, and all that stuff. And they just want to like do stuff where they get to stay home. And I get it. I have a family, I have kids, the whole thing, but I like, I'm good to go. You know, like it's another 10 years or so at least. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, let's, uh, you know, let's dive into your uh, origin story a little bit. So you were, uh, you're born in Garden Grove, California. You were, uh, uh, that's not true. That's uh, not true. That's not true. That's, okay. uh, that's not true. I think actually noodles was born in garden Grove. <laughs> okay. Well, first myth debunked ladies and gentlemen, you heard, <laughs> but it also says here that you were seven that's pounds news to me. <laughs> it says here that you were seven pounds, eight ounces when you were born. Is that true? <laughs> that's inaccurate as well. Oh, well I don't know. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's nine ounces, no nine ounces. Born. Okay. Go ahead. Where were you born? I was born in Taunton, Massachusetts, actually. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Yes. This is why it's always uh, a crapshoot when you have AI and chat GPT help you yeah. out with an interview. Uh, it's yeah. not very reliable. <laughs> uh, you know? uh, but that's cool. So that's on the complete opposite end of the country. And I can actually hear that a little bit yes. in your voice. So, uh, how long were you there before you went out west? Which I assume you're uh, out west, well, right? Where the hell are you right now? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I live outside of Las Vegas now. I'm, I'm in okay. Henderson. 
um, okay. just outside of Vegas. But I, but I was in Los Angeles for you know over twenty years. But my, my family and I, my brother who's the singer in H two O, we kind of moved around the East Coast a lot till we both ended up in New York City. That's where we kind of got into like the hard, hardcore punk scene and started H two O. And then uh, at some point there, uh, we both ended up moving out to LA and uh, I started doing other, th- other things musically. I got in a band with Juliette Lewis, the actress. Uh, we had a band called Juliet and the Licks for, for about five years, which was pretty cool. And then after that, I got, I got in the offspring. Okay. What, yeah. what, what do you like more? Do you like the, the New York city or do you like LA? Like which one's your favorite? If you had to uh, pay New, New York city uh, is, is, is the best city in the world. I mean, I, I miss it all the time. I don't know if I could live there again, you know, living there is a whole other thing, you know? Um, you know, I mean, I had, a, I had amazing times in, in both cities, but there's something still uh, that's romantic and, uh, and creative and dirty about New York that, that I miss, you know? Yeah, I, I can see that. I can, so now you're, you said you're in Henderson. So just out, outside of Las Vegas, why do you uh, choose? Is that where you live right now? Or are you just currently uh, stopping through? Uh, this, this is where I live because I, ha- I have two, I have two young daughters and um, I kind of wanted to get them out of LA when everything was going crazy with the pandemic and, and uh, um, there's just all kinds of problems happening there. And, and, I wanted to get them in because I'm on the road all the time. So I wanted to get them someplace where I didn't have to worry about them at all. I mean, right. where I'm at now is like this, this, you know, for me, it's a little too sanitary where I'm at right now. It's a clean, brand new, nice neighborhood. You know, I'm used to like, you know, the city, you know, and, and, yeah. and, but, but my, for my kids, they can walk out the door with no shoes on down the street to the park. And I would not worry. Okay. You know, so that's, that's why I'm here really. Uh, you know, How old are your kids? Uh, nine and four. Uh, okay. So that's way before you have to worry about all the Vegas nonsense. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're 30 minutes outside of Vegas and we, we never even go down there. Really. We kind of hang out in this hood. You know? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So now you're also, uh, you play several instruments, not just the bass. What, what all do you play exactly? Well, for most of my, uh, career, I was playing guitar. I played guitar and used to, uh, Guitar and Juliet and the Licks. Um, you know, on my own records, I play like keyboards, and the only thing I don't really do is drums. So okay, you don't yeah. do drums. So H two O, man, we used to play the crap out of H two O on. So th- this show has gone through like five or six different iterations over the years. But w- when we first started right. out as as kids doing this show, like literal kids, we would. It was more about punk rock. I mean, just play punk rock music and then be idiots and do prank calls and stuff. And I remember during those days, it. we played so much H2O and probably interviewed either you or someone in your band at some point, who knows, we'd have to go through the archives. But what was, was the show under the same name? No, it was not under the same name. It was, it was on Adobe radio though. Like way back. I don't know. Huh. I don't know if you have any recollection, recoll- uh, rec- recollection of Adobe radio at all in uh, your career of doing interviews, but we were on it way back in the day doing stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. And where, where, where are you guys based out of? Uh, we're both in Denver currently. I, I kind of go back and forth to LA, but we're, uh, yeah, we're both in Colorado. Have you been here? 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, you know, that's the thing about where I live now, too, is like I'm in L.A. once a week anyway. You Enough. know, I still see all my friends and family there. Yeah. It's an easy four hour drive or like a really quick 30 minute flight, you know. Yeah. So I'm back and forth as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we were looking on the internet, you know, we like to research our guests and I did come across your LinkedIn profile, which I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I, (laughs) I don't know that I've ever, Jason, I don't think we've ever had an artist on the show that has a LinkedIn profile. That's, that's amazing. Uh, Not that we've looked. I don't know why I have that. I, you got to network, man. You have to network. I thought maybe you're trying to like get a gig as the paint aisle guy at Home Depot or something. Yeah, you know why? I think I think I I think I did it to because um, there's certain people that I want to contact. I get ideas, you know, from music and business. There's certain people I want to contact that I can't figure out how to get in touch with them. It's a great way to chase down uh, emails, you know. That's okay. I think that's what I used it for in the past, you know. Well, that's good to know that it, it works in that way, but that's, that was really cool to find your profile on there. And I, I think I learned a few <laughs> I haven't things. touched it in a while, so I don't even know what it says anymore, but well, it, it says that, uh, you're from garden Grove, California. So you need to fix that, <laughs> fix that immediately. So, uh, on, on that LinkedIn yes. profile, it seems like you have some sort of a business where you, you do a cover band for corporate gigs or, or just anybody can, uh, oh, right, what is oh, this? Right. Right. Okay. That's, that's where I got into LinkedIn. I was doing that. I, I had a 10 piece cover band. I had, okay. It was, uh, we, we had, uh, you know, female backup singers and a horn section and the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I was doing that for a while. Uh, just because, because I wanted to do this, I wanted to do a giant band and the only way to do it and make money is play covers. So I, I was doing that. Yeah. So when you say you wanted to have a giant band, are you talking, was this a ska band? Uh, it wasn't Scott. We would oh. we would do all kinds of covers, rock. Like we, if you look on the internet, there's a there's a there's a video of us doing a cover of uh, ACDC back in black. But we do it in our own. I, I can't sing like uh, ACDC, so we do it in our own way. Uh, it's a different groove. It's, and uh, you should check it out. What's uh, and I did what we were doing. What so what it's was Todd's what? Planet back in black? Oh, okay, Todd's P- Planet back in, in black. Okay, cool. what were you, what were you gonna say, Jason? Yeah, nothing. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were going to yeah. say something. Uh, we can probably. I just wanted to know the video so I could check it out. Yeah, there's a video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can br- actually uh, probably bring it up here in just a second. If you ask the next question, Jason, I get, I can pull it up in the background, and we'll play okay, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a question for you. So, Toby, you sure. you see your you still have the fire for touring. You have a family, like. How does it feel like how how often are you touring and how does it feel like knowing your family's back home and you're out on the road? Like, how do you uh, work that relationship and and keep that? Well, going? as my kids get older, it gets harder because they want to talk to me about it and they want to, you know, as when they were younger, they just like that was they just got used to it. Um, but we sort of work it out. Whereas like, you know, I'm you know, I'm on the road, maybe, you know. Uh, five to six months out of the year. If you add up the time that I'm home, uh, it, you know, a lot of dads go to work, you know, nine, 10 hours a day and they don't see their kids until dinner and then they go to bed. You know, if, if you add up the time when I'm not on tour, I actually feel like I get to spend more time with my kids than if I have a straight job. Yeah. So it's almost like it's uh, quality over quantity. Right. 
Yeah, that, right. that's a great point right there. Okay, so you have to tell us what we're looking at right here. I believe this is... Uh... Yeah, this, is, this, is this is what we did. We took covers and made them different. Okay, cool. And you wouldn't recognize this as ACDC back in black just from hearing this much of it. Okay. No, you wouldn't. I was trying to get a good layout here. There's so many windows. That's really cool. I like that. I like that vibe a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. I was trying to do that for a minute, you know, and, uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to pay nine people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But that's ambitious. I mean, it's almost like, uh, the Rolling Stones, I guess. And they bring out everyone on stage like that. And you have a giant backing band, but it sounds amazing to have all those singers in the horn section. And, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing. It, well, thank you. It was really, it was really, it was really fun to be able to do that, and I, I'd love to be able to do it again because I was always envious yeah. of bands that were able to have all that, all that background stuff going on. It adds so much, you know. Yeah, it's better than tracks. It beats having tracks, you know. Yeah, do, I think Black Crows still do that when they tour. They do. I just saw them. It was incredible. They were amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. So. Um, I mean, so we were talking about touring a little bit ago, Jason brought up what it's like to be on the road. Uh, when you're, when you're touring with the offspring these days, I'm kind of wondering what that's like, because we're talking about seasoned punk rockers. They've been around, done everything. So I kind of imagine touring with the offspring is a lot more laid back than most people would think it is. Um, you know, having done it, like having been on the road, for you know over 25 years i've done every level of like sleeping on the floor sleeping in the van living on peanut butter sandwiches so i feel like it's a nice place for me to land because touring with offspring is is very easy it it runs super smoothly the way they have it set up you know we we get plenty of sleep we have plenty to eat and there's no drama and you know the band's super tight and i'm i'm having a lot of fun playing bass they have some of the most iconic baselines ever, you know. When you and, say, uh, "Oh, oh, absolutely!" Oh man, you get to play. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I bad habit, self esteem. You know, I didn't even think of of all the amazing bass like lines. iconic. Yeah, like uh, riffs too. Yeah, right, right. Like. Of course, we have to get to the best part. It'll come up. That's where you come in on tour. Do, do you ever uh, think to yourself, man, I wish I were playing on the record that went uh, multi-platinum or whatever, when you're actually playing these songs on stage, or is it like, I don't know what's going through your, through your mind. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I feel lucky enough that I'm, that I'm, you know, pl- 
playing that opening baseline in front of thousands of people on stage. Like, I don't really, I don't feel right. any lack of, 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 <laughs> of fulfillment that I wasn't on the records. You know, I, I've made a lot of my own records. I got to be on a lot of records already. So, right. no, not really. I, I'm just pumped to be up there, you know. There you go. There it is. You can tell I played that song a few times on the radio. I knew exactly where to fast forward to. <laughs> 240. That's so fun. That's a, such a fun bass line. All the bass lines are really fun. Yeah. Oh, man. That's amazing. Uh, that, yeah, I can't. I, geez, I, I'm jealous of you being up there and being able to play that song on the offspring. You must have been shitting your pants when they, I mean, when they first asked you to go up there and be a touring musician, but then they asked you to be in the band full time. That's, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, my first, my first show on bass, uh, we, we, we didn't rehearse. I, I just jumped up wow. and, and played bass and it was, it was in, it was in like orange County in their whole town. Oh, and, wow. and my wife, was, my, my, my wife was pregnant with her second kid. She was like, do any minute. So I had to have like eat the, the EMTs backstage hang out with her while I did the sh- show. Wow. <laughs> that's no awesome. Yeah. <laughs> though. Like when your daughter gets old enough, that's going to be a great story for her. Right? Like, that's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. We had one chance to rehearse with me on bass and I couldn't make it because my wife had a false, uh, false start on. She thought she was going to have the baby. So I had to go to the hospital. So I didn't get to rehearse on bass. So it was still a fun show. <laughs> I forget when I'm pretty good. that's awesome when you when you say that you get to eat well and get a lot of sleep when you're touring with the offspring what do you mean exactly so what what do you eat are are we talking about world-class meals coming in from chefs or do you guys go out to the fanciest restaurant (laughs) i'm just saying there's 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 no lack of any you know most tours i've been on you really have to fend for yourself you know um and 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 if you want to eat healthy you got to take care of it. You know, I tend to eat really healthy and they make sure that I have healthy food to eat. And we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't, we, we try to avoid any situation where we're flying into somewhere and not getting any sleep before the show, you know? Yeah. Um, it's too, the offspring doesn't need that bullshit. I mean, it's been around. Yeah. We don't, we don't, they don't, they don't mess around. Everyone has plenty of time to sleep. So most of the time, you know, sometimes there have been some run and gun gigs that have been, you know, sleepless but very few compared to you know all the other touring i've done where you know you gotta you you know you could be out all night and then you gotta go do a radio station in the morning and a show that night and and you know it's just you're running on adrenaline and alcohol or whatever right you know right now now what's on what's on your rider like what can you give us a couple of items on your rider me all two my my two big go-to's avocados and peanut butter pretzels I, I, I don't know why. I just always have to have those. Mm. Are you talking about the it, stuffed ones, the stuffed peanut butter pretzels? Yeah, the stuffed. Yeah, yeah I'm addicted to those lately. Oh, God, those are great. I have a bucket of them. Do you have a preference on brand? I honestly like I, I honestly like the cheap, like, no-name brand ones that you right. get from the grocery store. Like, <laughs> yeah, just the grocery the super store. Super trashy ones. Brand. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, those are amazing. Jason, you have those on your counter right now, I'm sure. You always have those when I go to your place. <laughs> mm. Oh, I love the Costco, those the Costco ones or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. I don't even care. Right. 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 Well, we're going to definitely um, get into your solo stuff here in a, in a second. It's, you know, we needed to take a, a quick offspring detour, uh, but I, I did want to make sure I mentioned the offspring 
just announced recently a tour, Let the Bad Times Roll tour with Sum 41 and yeah. Simple Plan, uh, Friends of Adobe. And uh, you did also post on your Instagram a week ago of a picture and it was you and the band. It looks like you're either in a studio or a rehearsal space. What was going on in that photo? Cause there's no context. Um, we were rehearsing, we're rehearsing for the tour. Okay. Um, and, uh, we, uh, we rented out a, a big space in a secret location <laughs> and, uh, we were rehearsing and it, it, it was awesome. So we're, we're ready to go. And the bad times world tour has been going on, you know, since, since 2022 now um oh yeah we did we did you know we we already did japan and and uh and the uk and canada and australia um so now we're going to do the states in europe okay so uh, do you I, have a yeah do you have a per, uh preference on what what continent to tour on or what country like do you have one that stands out um i mean i i, I love south america uh the last time we were there was right when the pandemic hit and we had to cancel a tour, unfortunately. Um, so I'd love to get back to South America. I mean, we're going to a lot of places I love right now, uh, Spain and, uh, and Switzerland. And um, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's hard to have, I mean, it's, it, it sounds, it sounds corny a little bit, but like I liked touring in the United, I like touring in the United States where I, you know, I know where everything is, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure there's still a little bit of a culture shock, no matter where you go and went. I mean, every time you go, it's a different situation and uh, different people taking care of the of your of uh, the setup. And you know, it's probably harder to get that the, those peanut butter pretzels in Japan. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, I can't remember. If, if, I can't remember if we got them in Japan or not. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, you know, uh, some of the best crowds, I would say, like for sure, Canada. Like we did, we the tour we did there was incredible. The fans are amazing. Canada and South America, like for anything remotely punk rock, is the the energy is incredible. Oh yeah, I've seen so many videos of festivals out there and uh, fans. They show up pretty hard, especially in in Mexico. Mexico City is a big, big punk rock city. We we actually used to get yeah, a lot of Mexico uh, City. It's pretty. You've done, yeah, I'm sure you've done it. Uh, we used to, we used to get uh, a lot of fans calling from there that you know listen to the, the all the all the punk rock we're playing here, and they'd uh, be very excited about all the artists you'd bring on. But the energy you'd you'd hear from the, those people uh, that would call, or the people that would call in uh, would be just just uh, amazing. Like I don't know, there there's there is something special going on in Mexico and Mexico City for sure. Um, well, hello to Mexico City. I hope they're listening right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, uh, you know, we were talking about artificial intelligence on our show earlier when we first started and talking about that a lot lately, actually. Yeah. Everybody is, everybody's talking about AI and I'm kind of curious what your take is on AI specifically when it comes to the music industry. And I know that we've seen a lot of interesting things happen. We'll, you know, an entire Drake song be produced with AI and people can't tell the difference between that and a real Drake song. So how do you feel about AI in the music industry? Well, um, it's, it could potentially put a lot of producers and songwriters out of work. Uh, you know, that's the kind of feeling the the uneasiness that people had when the internet and streaming all kind of took over 
the music business, there's not a lot of, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of regulation on, on what, uh, what people can do creatively and what they can steal from other people and say it was AI. Uh, this is a discussion I've been having with a, a few other musicians where, you know, they could tell the AI like, Hey, I want a song that sounds, you know, a little bit like the Beatles, a little bit like the Foo Fighters with a little, you know, I don't know, red hot chili, pepper, chili peppers mixed in and it will generate a song and where the parts will sound like they've been stolen, you know? Right. And mm. there's no way, I don't even think there's regulation for that anymore right now. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I mean, at some point there has to be regulation. How do you feel as an artist? Does it, is it threatening? Is it threatening? Because what you just said, somebody can type it. Nah. No. Okay. No, no, I've never been afraid of technology. I never was tripped out when people stopped buying records, you know, because I was I, I get so much joy out of just playing live, you know, uh, and I never had in never had any real belief that, that I was going to sell millions of records, you know. So um, and, and, and also it's just it's just like you, you can't you can't fight change. I, I liked that, you know, when record sales went down and, you know, MTV went away. And all, all the normal mediums for 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 being successful as a musician, I like that it made me think in other directions, you know, and maybe learn other things, uh, uh, other ways to to market my music. I mean, a good example is what happened with Suit of Armor and Howard Stern. I don't know if you you know about that. I'm, right. I am creating a segue right now. No, yeah, I did want to bring that up. Thank <laughs> you for bringing that, but because. Your song that you wrote that we're actually debuting on Adobe, but uh, Howard, he got to play a little bit of it. We'll give it to Howard because we love Howard. But you, uh, you wrote the song with Howard Stern in mind, and yeah, I don't. I, my question about that though is okay. So Howard played it, and he kind of mm-hmm. knew who you were a little bit, and I don't know. Gary gave it to him whatever. But did you? Yeah. Was this a gimmick on your part to just get Howard to play the song, or was it really written with Howard Stern in mind? Uh, it's a hundred percent written with Howard Stern in mind, and it was also a gimmick. It was also it was an outlet. It's just like I was saying, like how else, you know, how else can I get people to listen to my music? How else can I get people to play my music without going the traditional route, you know? And so I was, I I had a song, and I lyrically I wasn't really knew what I was doing with it, and I listened to Stern, and I heard him saying that all his life he felt like he was wearing a suit of armor and it's starting to show cracks as he get older and he wishes he could write a song about that. And I go, well, there's me too. I, I felt that way too. I think a lot of people have felt that way, you know? Okay. So it wasn't hard for me to write lyrics and, and sing them with emotion because I, I feel that way too. And, and, and just because I got the idea from him talking, I thought, well, I'll just send it to, I'll send it to the show. Maybe they'll, maybe, maybe he'll listen to it. Are, are you going to write a song? Outlet, you know. But when are you going to write a song for Jeff the Vomit guy? That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that. <clears throat> that has to yeah. be next. I don't know if I can relate to Jeff the, Jeff the Vomit <laughs> yeah. guy. Is a problem. Oh, okay. You know? That's a good thing. All right. So your uh, your Time Stopper EP. Uh, everyone needs to check that out. Uh, and uh, we're debuting your new song, Suit of Armor. I mean, like I said, Howard already played. He he talked over the whole thing like Howard does, but he did play a lot of it, which is awesome. Yeah. Like I saw there's a video of you on he Instagram did. and you're, uh, you know, taking a, a video of you listening to the radio. And uh, I can that that was a really cool moment because I'm a huge 
uh, Stern fan too. So me too, man. I'm a huge Stern fan. That was a huge moment for me. And and like, you know, I, I didn't make any money off. I didn't make any money off it. I didn't like, I wasn't able to, it's not, it wasn't even streaming yet. You know, like I didn't really get anything from it except the joy of someone I really admire listening to my songs and saying nice things about my, my, my skills. Oh man. Yeah. That, yeah, that was, that was so cool. That was a good moment. And I'm glad that you were able to take that video and be there when it came on or, you know, however you were listening to it. That's, that's, that's amazing. So uh, that song is uh, in rotation on Adobe radio as of uh, when. Oh, great. Yeah. And then uh, we are debuting the song and uh, let's, why don't we listen to, the song right now and um yeah let's let's bring it on in. and and so again this is I, I like the way that you described it just a second ago you're talking about how when you're uh, you're younger you wear the, maybe it's ego the suit of armor might be ego so you have this protective wall over yourself and then as you get older you become softer but why do you feel like you become softer as you age well i think we're all sensitive people like as kids you know to a certain extent and then you know, we get we get start mixing it up with, you know, the, the rough and tumble uh, other kids in the world, you know, and, 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 you know, the bullies in school. And, you know, I got bullied, you know, just like everyone else. And I felt yeah. weird and I didn't know where I fit in, you know. So I, you know, especially when I got into hardcore, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in this hardcore scene now. No one's going to mess with me anymore. It's like the Fonz, you know, the Fonz never had to fight because people are just intimidated, you know. Right. So. Uh, I'm now like people like who's the fonts. Um, <laughs> uh, what was going to say? Um, so, so yeah, like I related to that. And, you know, as once I had kids, man, oh, talk about cracking your armor, talking about making you a softie, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think having kids and it helped me to be able to write a song like this actually. Just a broken soul Missing pieces to feel whole No one's getting in I can't let you in I wore my armor on the block And I wore it around the clock No one saw the tears No one knew the fear Inside
line up in a row For someone they think they know They just can't get enough Will it ever be enough? All right. What an amazing show, Jason. We talked about a lot. Of course, we talked about AI and how it's going to destroy all of society. And then we talked about uh, Ronald DeSantis going after Mickey Mouse. And then we brought in Todd Morris, the basis of the offspring. I mean, I don't think you can have a better show than that. Oh, man, it was a great show. And um, getting to chat with Todd was really cool. That was really yeah, cool. I, I mean, I can't believe that man. Like he, you know, he's been touring for what do you say, twenty five years, and he still loves it, and he still does it. Yeah, still putting out creative, you know, things into the world. Like I don't know how he does it, where he gets the energy, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah, the passion behind it was uh, just really cool to hear, and I really uh, I enjoyed chatting with him. And he also plays in, you know, I think one of our all time favorite bands. Oh yeah, the Offspring. I, Jesus Christ, so many awesome songs, and he gets to go on tour with them. Uh, it, like, right, I, I can't imagine. Sees the world. I mean, living yeah. the dream, right? Yeah, yeah. And of course, check out his solo work, Todd Morris, and listen to him on Adobe Radio. All right, uh, that's it for its news to us. Get the podcast if you haven't yet. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search for its news to us. See you next time. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.